Rhonda. Uh, Rhonda, we covered this with Jane a little earlier, uh, sort of her journey from uh, faith journey, I guess, from where she was to where she is now. Mm -hmm. Let's talk to you about that a little bit. First of all, first question, okay. how many Bibles do you have? Oh my goodness, I was gonna count them, Steve, but you know, we just moved. <laughs> and so I do not know. My guess is it's probably between 10 and 20, somewhere in that range. I know it's more than 10, but probably less than 20, yeah. so somewhere around there. And that's not an indicator of anything other no. than there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of interesting Bibles out there and commentaries yeah. and things that go with it. It's just a fun question to ask people. Yeah. Um, because over the years, you know, you get that one Bible when you're a kid, and then mm -hmm. boom, 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 things grow. You get yes. Graduation, wedding, whatever. Yes. Okay, so tell us a little bit about where you came from initially. Uh, Midwest? Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah, I came from Illinois, and I uh, kind of moved around a little bit. Randy and I, my husband and I, moved around a little bit, and uh, here we are in Vegas. But started in Illinois, moved to Iowa, then moved to Michigan, back to Illinois, and then here. Okay. And the church, uh, Sin City Church this year, 10 years old? Yes. Okay, so um, briefly, uh, without going into horrific detail. Okay. <laughs> well, first of all, how did you become a pastor? Okay. Well, that's a long, long story journey, but I'll try to make it brief. So, um, I became a believer shortly before I got married, and uh, it was pretty radical, tr uh, just transformation in my life. I didn't grow up in a Christian home, and uh, I just was introduced to this amazing way of life, and actually Randy's the one who kind of introduced me to it by way, oh, let me back up just a little bit, because I was baptized in a Catholic church. So when okay. my, before my parents divorced, I went to Catholic church for just a couple, you know, years, made my first communion, and then my parents divorced. And then fast forward, um, I met Randy, and um, he just introduced me to Christianity through music, basically. Right. He was in a, a gospel group, sang in that, and so I heard the word of God the first time through music. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of continued to progress, and I just felt this calling on my life. Randy and I got married. I, I continued to feel this calling on my life, and it's kind of hard to describe what that calling uh, is other than I knew I was to serve in ministry in a more professional way. However, I didn't have any type of degree for that. Um, continue to serve in the church as best I could. And Randy wasn't really on board with it right then. Uh -huh. um, and I knew that for us to move forward in anything like that, it would mean that we were in unity, we were in agreement um, in regard to me progressing further into ministry. And so I just kind of held back and waited on God's timing. Started serving uh, when we moved back to Illinois to in a church there. And uh, served as an uh, administrator, and uh, my pastor said to me, what do you think you're doing? You uh, need to be in seminary. Well, huh. again, I didn't have the education behind it. I didn't even have, you know, an yeah. undergrad. And so this was a total God thing. And so this is part of the whole affirmation process for me. I was accepted into seminary in Chicago, a Northern Baptist Theological Seminary, just called Northern now, and uh, traveled for five years and uh, received a Master's of Divinity degree. So that was my husband saying, you better do what you should do. <laughs> 
finally was uh, part of that affirmation, going to seminary and, and being actually accepted into seminary without an undergrad. And they didn't even promise that I would get a degree. They just said, do the best you can. And we'll see at the end of your journey how well you did and you know, see if we can honor you with that degree, which I did receive. So I'm really grateful right. for that. I look back now and think, how in the world did I ever do it? It was only because of God's grace. Uh -huh. And um, because I was raising children, Randy and I were raising little ones. And again, it was five years. It was two hours drive to Chicago and back. Wow. It was crazy. But anyway, <laughs> that's how I ended up being a pastor. And that starts, that leads us to a question that um, came, came later. What, obviously you see a role of education in mm. uh, ministry, mm -hmm. yeah, correct? So, um there's probably a lot of different places people can get that from. Is that correct? I mean, oh, yeah. Um, uh, so your feelings on education and ministry and continuing education, I guess, really. Sure. Um, where do yeah. you go from there? Well, yeah. Um, obviously, books, uh, you know, amazing pastors that I, you know, have gained a lot of knowledge from. I went on to be certified in... Uh, Prepare and Rich, which is a marriage preparation class. Mm. I went on to get certified in spiritual direction, which was at Renewing Life here in Las Vegas, um, just so I could help people form more spiritually and um, hope to be using that more, you know, in my later years of yeah. life, okay. um, maybe as things settle down a little bit. But being a co-pastor of a church, it kind of pulls me to, you know, leadership roles right. in that way. And co-pastor, mm -hmm. that is interesting to me. Mm -hmm. uh, growing up where I grew up, you voted a pastor in and out. Yeah, same here. <laughs> Which is just weird. Yeah. Now that I look back on it, it's weird. <laughs> I don't know. If we like you, you can stay. If, yeah, if we don't like you, yeah, you can't go. Yeah, if you yeah, preach yeah. well, you can stay. <laughs> if, you, if you meet my <laughs> standard, right. Yes, and everyone has different standards. <clears throat> That's correct. Uh, so how does that... Uh, is there a balance there, strength, weaknesses of each, uh, just two strengths together? Uh, mm. Has it been a challenge? Is that a challenge for you guys? Mm. So Because that, if it is, we don't see it. Oh, that's awesome. So and I, I'm pretty yeah. sure I told Jane that as well. Yeah. Uh, we don't see it. No, so. that's that's really <laughs> awesome. So I think, um, I think about some scripture in regard to that go two by two, you know, uh, they yeah. were sent out two by two. That yeah. That's very powerful just in itself that, you know, when the disciples were sent out, they were sent out two by two. The other part of it is um, Paul, when he was talking about the thorn in his side, I'm not saying Jane's a thorn in my side by any means, but when he was talking about a, a thorn being in his side, he said that God basically, basically said to him, when you are weak, then you are strong. When I am weak, you, then I am strong. And I think about that also in relation to Jane, where, where I am weak, she is strong. And hopefully it works the other way around, too. We have very different personalities. She's very extremely extroverted, and I am introverted. Um, however, I do flex when I need to flex, especially uh -huh. when I teach or uh, meet with people. I, I flex um, so our personalities, I think, are very helpful in that regard, and our giftings. Correct. We have different giftings. Right. Yeah. And I think that's why we don't see it. It comes together as one. Mm -hmm. uh, 
is the way we, we see it, I, I think. That's the way I see it. Good. So, That's uh, great. <laughs> That's good. Um, now, we talked a little bit about Randy and uh, initially maybe not being on board. In mm -hmm. general, in the world, have you faced an obstacle otherwise uh, <laughs> from other... As a female in ministry, you yeah, mean, especially in, right, in a yeah. leadership role, of course. Yeah. You know, that's just a natural, I think, uh, inclination for some people who have grown up or have that DNA, you know, embedded within them, that women do not belong in a leadership role. And so I never take offense at that. I, I, I just honor other people's beliefs and I think that's really important as a part of the process because I realized early on in my Christianity and my walk with God was that I had some different beliefs embedded within me or convictions maybe uh -huh. I'll call them convictions uh -huh. or um, yeah uh, that were embedded within me that maybe other people didn't have and you know it might be because I was a part of the Wesleyan Church and so that was a part of the whole holiness movement and all of that and so there were some strongly embedded beliefs in me and so I've had to learn a big lesson on grace mm -hmm. <laughs> in regard to um, it's okay. Yeah. You know, people do have different beliefs, and I have to have grace for that. Um, not that I have anything to forgive them for, but if they do try to, you know, unnerve me in some kind of way, then uh -huh. I just I just offer them grace in regard to that and just yeah. keep doing what God has called me to do because ultimately I'm I'm held accountable to him and that's what matters most. And I think one of the things that, uh, again, that I see from out here in the, the, the back, um, one of the things that neither of you do is there's no woe is me uh, mm. of, from either of you of, oh, you know, Reverend so-and-so is always talking about no women and whatever, mm. you know, mm -hmm. you guys never go that route mm -hmm. at all which I think keeps that focus on your ministry as well, and it shows a sure. strength. Sure. Uh, that's what I see. I think it's amazing. Um, mm. I think it's a, a, a huge thing of, you know what? This is where we're at, and it's awesome. <laughs> so. I, well, I really appreciate that from you, Steve. Uh, you uh, know, we never want to give that impression, and so I obviously we do, you know, get, get some bangs here and there. Um, one of the things that helped me, too, was after – several years of being out of seminary and being in ministry, even also having moved here, uh, Scott McKnight, who was a professor at Northern, um, he was offering a, uh, a class to audit um, in regard to women in ministry. And so I thought, you know, this is a really good time. This was before we planted the church. Uh -huh. um, and I didn't even know I was gonna be planting a church with another female and her husband and Randy. And, you know, I just decided this would be a really good class for me to take, even though I had to fly to Chicago to do it, yeah. and just kind of solidify where I stood as a part of women in ministry. Because when I went to seminary, keep in mind, I went because I just knew I needed tools in my tool belt to be a part of a more professional ministry team. And so this was something that was great for me to solidify my belief in. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, and that, again, comes back to what you said earlier about continuing your education and mm -hmm. your books. Um, on that line, do you have a favorite uh, minister or teacher that you go back to over and over again? Mm. There's a couple. Um, one of them is John Ortberg. I, I really love the way that uh, he 
would preach. I think that he was he was an amazing preacher. He still teaches some a little bit online through some devotions and different things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's one of them. Scott McKnight, of course. Um, yeah, he's he's one. And I have some great mentors uh, as well uh, who have been pastors in my life. Uh, Brad Snyder was a pastor in my life who's had great impact on me. He married Randy and I. Um, Bruce McFeedy. He told me one thing that has held my uh, attention for a long, long time. And it was when I was going to be moving here and uh, I was taking on a role in a megachurch, a, pa- a pastor of women's ministry in a megachurch. And he gave me some amazing counsel. And he said to me, Rhonda, no matter what happens, keep your spirit sweet. And that has resonated with me a lot because uh-huh. there has been a lot of pain in ministry. Um, and so you have to just know that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can maintain a level of sweetness and not anger when it comes to you know people who don't necessarily intentionally hurt you, yes. but they do. I remember when <clears throat> Jane and I were getting ready to plant and uh, there was a female who sent me a a, a Facebook message and she said I just want you to know what you're doing is sinful and I was like ouch that really hurts Uh because I knew that God it wasn't something I was seeking God was just doing this thing and he was opening doors and we were just trying to follow what God wanted us to do. And so, you know, I, I haven't forgotten it, I, but I have forgiven yes. it. You know what I mean? But it, you just have to keep your spirit sweet in the midst of it and watch other people grow as you're growing. Well, that's all great advice and uh, great insight as well. So uh, this has been interesting to get both of you at separate times to hear a little bit of your journey. And we appreciate that very much. And we will come back. We'll revisit um, uh, the learning at a later stage as well, because I want to oh. talk about uh, I want to talk about books, and I want to talk about uh, discerning things as mm. well, because you know uh, there's a lot of traps out there. So that's one thing I want to go down the road with you in the future. So I hope everyone will be on board with that. And if you have any questions for us that you'd like us to ask the pastors uh, or the pastor's husbands, <laughs> please send yeah. them to info at sincitychurch.com or put them in uh, the comments down below. Thank you, Pastor Rhonda. Thanks for, this for having me, Steve. Thank you.